Welcome to a new podcast uh, I've put together called A Dad's Yarn. Uh, I've got a great mate of mine, Mark Rigg, to help me kick my first episode off. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did a podcast, and some people may be aware, called The Mindset Project. But uh, that's where I interviewed some, some really high uh, achievers around their, their daily behaviours and, and characteristics. And where things have changed in that time, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm now a dad and, and obviously going through that phase of being a parent and uh, I just wanted to put something together and, and maybe put something out there for, for, for dads that um, feel a little bit alone and, 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 and need a, a bit of a sounding board to lean back on and realise they're not alone. I think all dads go through uh, a similar thing, obviously, when your child uh, and your children are young. So um, let's just see where it goes. Uh, there's no, no agenda other than just having a yak with uh, a couple of mates about being a dad. So, Grigger, how are you, mate? Good, Ryan. Pleasure to be on. Pleasure to be the first one to kick off. Ryan. I don't think you've called me Ryan for about 20 years. I think the last time we called you Ryan is when I missed a, an easy volley when we were playing doubles together about 15 years ago. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, so before we get into a bit about you, Greg, tell us who you've got and what's your uh, little little lad's name? Yeah, so our, our little our little boy's uh, named Lennox, or Lenny for short. Uh, he's about six and a half months. And um, yeah, he, he's uh, he's starting to become a bit of a handful. Now, uh, probably one thing one thing I want to talk to you about today, Grigor, is that that discrepancy between the perception of being a dad uh, versus the reality of being a dad. I know we've chatted a fair bit. We've chatted a fair bit in the lead up. Um, I've got two boys now. Jimmy's just gone two, and and little Billy's about five weeks old. So. Um, we we chatted a fair bit, and and I know you had your challenges uh, getting little Lenny to uh, land on the world, but we'll get back to that. But tell us a bit about uh, you know the, the, the difference between the perception of being a dad and the reality, and, and what's been the biggest challenge for you? Yeah, I suppose in the lead up uh, to Lenny arriving, I sort of had a perception or a I suppose mindset of uh, you know babies will sleep all the time, and um, there'll be a lot of sitting around watching TV and. Mum will feed him and, uh, you know, might burp him a little bit, but he'll mainly sleep and um, sleep and feed for a little while. But um, that didn't quite happen and we had our we had our challenges, I suppose. Uh, little Lennox had some reflux and um, some other issues where he just couldn't, wouldn't sleep by himself. And um, my wife and I sort of uh, did some shift work um, pretty much every day trying to, to hold him and trying to get Charles some sleep. So... Uh, it's probably the perception of of that uh, the time, I suppose, and and what and how much they slept. I had the expectation that he'd sleep and you know life would sort of carry on, um, but it it really does turn your world upside down more than what I sort of anticipated. Yeah, you know, what you tell me the worst saying in the world, mate, is yeah, you know, sleep like a baby. <laughs> Couldn't be no, further from the truth. Whoever came with that saying is absolutely <laughs> lost their marbles. Um, I agree. But, I agree. But you're right, mate. You know, you, you, it's a, that, I always say when you, ha- when you have a baby, um, there's three phases. 
and each are challenging, but I think they get progressively challenging. And the first phase is obviously having the baby, but the hospital phase, and then the next phase is, is going home, um, when the, the dad or in some cases the mum's still off work. And then phase three, which I think is the most challenging, is when the, the father and in some cases the mother goes back to work. And that's that's reality. That's when it's game on, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with those three phases. We were in a uh, in a private hospital, so we we were looked after for a week in hospital um, with midwives around and being able to you know to have Lenny go to the nursery through the night and all that sort of stuff for a week. Um, and then the biggest the biggest adjustment was taking him home and sort of walking out, going, "Is this okay? Like, should we be, you know, are we allowed to take him now?" Sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it was a, a huge adjustment, more than what I, I'd anticipated. And um, you know, I had a month off work um, after Lenny was born, and and that was great. Spent some time with Charles and Lenny and, and helped get sorted. But yeah, as you said, the biggest challenge was when reality really set in, and and I came back to the office. It was funny that hospital phase when we had uh, Jimmy out first. You know, you want to obviously so eager to be a dad and you're doing everything. You're changing nappies, you're doing this, you're doing that. I must admit, when we went back with Billy, um, if the nurse was happy to, the midwife was happy to do a couple of jobs on the side, like change nappies or whatever, I was happy to let her do it. <laughs> it's funny how it changes. But um, yeah, I think like you said, and yeah, you know, I use the analogy. It's pretty much your your, your world gets sort of tipped upside down and. Um, I know we're talking you now the challenges here of being a dad and obviously the, the rewards far outweigh the challenges but I think it's important just to chat about both sides of the coin um, but your world really does get tipped upside down you know a simple thing like going out for tea or going for a coffee or going for a walk it's not as simple as just going okay let's go and walk out the door and put the uh, you know the um, the lead on the dog you've obviously got a, a bit of prep work and I think one thing for me mate is I reckon when you become a, a parent and, and a dad Every characteristic that you have, pre-parent, this becomes amplified. And what I mean by that is if you were impatient before you had a child, you're going to be more impatient. If you were, you got frustrated easy, you're going to be more frustrated. If you're organised, you're going to be more organised. So, it's, again, it's both sides of the coin. But you know, my, not that I'd ever give someone advice about being a parent. Um, this is not what this podcast is about. But if someone did tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, what's the one... Um, thing yeah, you recommend being a being a dad, I would say get get yourself sorted before the child comes because once the child comes, you're, you're pretty much chasing chasing your ass, and, and it's very hard to get things in order if you've got those ingrained habits um, from your previous world, I suppose. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and uh, that was something you know you and I had a coffee before <clears throat> before Lenny came along, and I remember you telling me just um, just be organised, otherwise you just can't get anything done can't go anywhere if you're not uh if you're not sorted and that's that's absolutely the truth and you know I'd I'd probably um I'm probably in that boat lady I probably didn't uh, get myself sorted you know a little bit impatient frustrated uh, get frustrated you know reasonably easily if things don't work and um I was probably pretty selfish as well before before Lenny came on and that's um really become apparent and really been amplified over the last you know 6 months so it's really been a huge change for me in terms of um, changing my view and changing um, what's important. Yeah. Well, I reckon when we used to go back on uh, back in back in the day, as we can say now, um, what are we now? We're a week apart, so we're, what are we? Thirty-four now. So we are. We're, uh, we're creeping into where well, we are well into in our mid mid thirties. But when we were a bit younger, mate, we used to go on a few uh, few footy trips and a few tennis trips where. 
Um, you know, we used to have a good time. Um, I won't, I won't tell anyone that in, in a week you'd put on five kilos and I'd lose five kilos. You won't tell anyone that. No, let's keep that to between us, mate. No, correct. But what, one thing, uh, one thing I used to have a track at you all about, you know, a bit of banter is Grigger liked his alone time and Grigger needed his Grigger time. Um, and, and something that, for whatever reason, I, I never really uh, need until after the event, but, is that something that you probably struggled with, mate? If you you enjoyed your your, your alone time you know, back when, when you were in your teens, in your twenties, is that something you've struggled with uh, now to become a father? Because that's one thing that just goes out the window, isn't it? Your alone absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's no alone time, no no time to take stock and chill out. Um, there's always something to do or something to organise or, or you know washing to be done. Um, yeah, but there's just no, there's literally no time and. I sort of touched, mentioned it earlier, you know, my wife and I were doing shift work, so Chelsea would have Lenny, um, obviously all day I'd be at work, um, I'd come home at about 5.36 and uh, take Lenny as, as much as I could until sort of about 2am and then uh, I'd sleep for sort of four hours, four and a half hours and then get up and go to work and, and, um, and repeat. So I think for the first 12 weeks of Lenny's life, Chelsea and I didn't share a meal together um, and yeah, there was just no, there was just no time, no alone time. And I, yeah, that was something that I really, really battled with. Um, and that was probably you know, part of that selfishness um, that I sort of just mentioned before. Do you think, and, and if you don't mind uh, talking about this, mate, I know you guys obviously had some challenges uh, getting pregnant. And, and, and when Lenny did arrive, uh, it, was a, it was obviously a miracle. And you, I know, he went through a fair bit. We don't have to back over all that. But do you think, I don't know, do you think in a strange sort of way the universe um, sort of putting a, a bit of a proposition on the table saying, well, you definitely want the child, guys. Yeah, we're, we're not going to give you a perfect one, not that there is one. And, you know, this is what it's all about. Do you think there's a bit in that? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Um, yeah, so we went through IVF to get to get Lenny, as you well know, Wadey, and... Um, yeah, there were some challenges throughout the last the, the couple of years leading up to to Charles getting pregnant. But um, you know, it's Lenny's just brilliant. We we love him, and maybe but maybe that's part of the universe. Uh, just taking stock and just reminding me that nothing's uh, nothing comes easy, and um, and we need to work at our relationship as well as um, as you know as well as being a parent because um, it's just not easy. No, no, it's not, and and, and you, you know, you hear people say they have date nights. I remember, you know, five years ago, couples who had two or three kids used to talk about um, going out on a date night, and you know, I nearly, <coughs> nearly choked in my space. But you, now you're in that space, you understand why you have to do that. Um, Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's probably one thing Kirst and I, uh, we, we we did do it, but then we dropped off, and um, having obviously, you know, Billy being so fresh, only four or five weeks old, it's it's just our hands on deck to get to get everything sorted. So we've probably gone away from that a little bit. Um but yeah, it, you know, coming back to that being organised, I've always been a, a big believer in, in, in life, not just in, in parent life, but nothing changes until you change something. So um, you know, whether that's a relationship with your with your wife, whether that's a relationship with your kids, if it's not going exactly the way you want, well then, you know, change something. At least you give yourself half a chance. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um so you mentioned before that uh, yourself and, and your wife, Chelsea, didn't share a meal for the first six or seven weeks. 
that, that would have been that would have been a little bit hard for you guys because there's a rumor going around that you guys used to eat off each other's fork when you're eating. Is that is that true? Or? <laughs> oh, maybe when we first uh, right first got together, Ryan. <laughs> right. So it's obviously swung the complete uh, 180. But um, no, that's all right. That's all right. I just had to check that. I, I didn't hear a fact that that was out, out there, but I'm glad you clarified <laughs> it. Um, so tell us a little bit about obviously many. Um, like a lot of babies, I've been really lucky with Jimmy and Billy. Touch wood that they've been pretty good in terms of sleeping. Probably a six out of ten, but Lee probably struggled and probably still struggling um, in terms of trying to get that full quarter. So, how, how did you get through? Especially when you went back to work, you've got obviously a, a quite a, a responsible job. Um, you've got people leaning on you. You manage a team of accountants or a team of um, performance managers. How did you go balancing? Um, life at home, lack of sleep, but still performing at work. Good question. I honestly don't know how it don't know how it happened or how I got through. Um, it was it was it was a real challenge. It was our busiest time at work. Um, we were staff. I was a staff member down in my team, and um, there, was, there was pressure from a work front, but obviously also pressure from a home front. Having come back to work and. Um, Charles being a first-time mum and and trying to make sure that everybody was okay at home, so um, it was it was a real really challenging time, and I sort of felt I felt, felt it sort of hard, I suppose, to to engage with Lenny fully because um, being so young, he he's not obviously responsive, and well, he's responsive, but he he doesn't interact as he does now, with being six months and. Um, it was, it was some challenging times through through the winter period, but um, yeah, I mean, it was just head down, lots of coffee, um, sleep, sleep when I could, and um, yeah, we just tried to manage as best as as we could. It was obviously lots of challenging times. Charles and I had some challenging times, but um, yeah, it's just to come out the other side, and and now that he's happy and and sort of sleeping a bit better. Last night he slept really well, which was great. Um, you know, he sort of in that he's, he's getting better he's adjusting to life and he's um he's, he's getting much better at uh at sleeping and, and everything which is great so um when we first got him home he had reflux he wouldn't he couldn't um lay him down flat he wouldn't sleep in his cot or his uh, bassinet so we held him to, to sleep and um we're just trying to get him out of that habit at the moment which is you know a transition because he's used to being rocked uh, rock to sleep so um, yeah lots of bleary eyed days and um, some days where you know I just wanted to go into a meeting room and crawl up and, and have a nap but um, but obviously coming out the other side it, it's all worth it um, yeah he's, he's the best I remember one thing you uh, stuck out in what you said all then was that um, I suppose that hardship of connecting with you know, your, your baby um, and that's probably something I underestimated that's probably something that, that I struggled with especially when Jimmy was born at first that you know I was so looking forward to being a dad and you know without going into too much detail sort of had a few issues with my father and I was so looking forward to being a dad I had people tapping me on the shoulder saying you're going to be a great dad and all this sort of thing but as you know in the first three or four months you know you, you, you may as well be the postman down the road um, to an extent because they're so reliant on their mum. So, yeah, that, that's probably something that crept up on me that I wasn't prepared for, um, not to have that connection um, as much as I wanted with, with Jimmy. Um, so I actually probably struggled with that 
you know, because really at the end of the day, um, they just want mum because um, mum's their, their life form in terms of, you know, their their, uh, their food. So, um, you know, and, and it's funny because when we had Billy um, five weeks ago, probably one thing that my wife curiously underestimated was, the, you know, the, I suppose the separation or the, or the gap in terms of the connection with Jimmy, our eldest, because Curse is so, so tied up looking after Billy, she probably can't spend as much time one-on-one and engaging with, with, uh, with Jimmy, our eldest. So we're, but we're, I probably engage more with Jimmy now than, than um, obviously I did back when he was in his infant years, mm-hmm. uh, infant months. So that's probably something that Curse underestimated, just feeling that guilt of not being able to spend time with, with Jimmy now that number two's come along. But um, for me, like I said, um, I probably really underestimated it and found it really hard because it's really hard to actually engage and connect with the, with the infant child. Yeah, and um, obviously uh, uh, we haven't had, our, had a second, but um, yeah, I could see that being a challenge. It would just... Um, it would really be sort of almost two halves of the family to an extent in that um, in that time because Jimmy would be or the set, eldest would be reliant on on dad and and uh, you know, the newborn more so on mum so um, I can see that as definitely being a challenge. Yeah, and we're not Robertson Robert, Robert Crusoe here, but I mean everybody's been through this. So I don't for one think that you know we're stamped up and down and say hey you know poor us or look at us we're the only you know, two people or two. Uh, Miles in the world that's been a dad. It's not the case at all, you know. I think um, sometimes people can fall into that trap of thinking they're the only ones going through it, and, and hence, hence why we're doing this podcast, mate, is to try and just you know get get something out there on a you know a casual basis, uh, just to sort of uh, for those dads who do feel alone to realise and they're not the only ones that that are going through it, and and, and two like in your case, mate, and I suppose in a lot of people's cases, there is light at the end of the tunnel where you can start to get those really good moments back after the. The other uh, challenging probably three or four months. When Billy was born, um, my boss my boss wrote me a text message. Um, not congratulations, not well done, none of that. You just said twelve weeks of bliss coming up. Yeah, it's been a smart ass. So um, I think if you prepare yourself for a tough twelve weeks, um, anything up above that is a bonus. So I, I think if you go and think it's going to be yassies and rainbows straight up, I think you'll find that it's going to be challenging. So I've always said prepare that it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. There's going to be some tough days. You're going to be tired. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be worn out. But you've got to prepare for that. And then um, everything above and beyond that is a bonus. And that's what I found. You know, people were telling me, get through the first six weeks, get through the first 12. Um, and then, But I probably underestimated it still. Even though people were saying that to me, it was, I just didn't quite understand how tired you would be. You think you've been tired before, but... Uh, you know, this is another level, and it's just not something that um, that I wasn't prepared for. And again, similar to you, as you were touching on before, lady, you sort of underestimated it a little bit. Yeah. So did you? I know we spoke, um, and you know, when you were obviously going through your IVF stage, you were trying to do everything right. You're trying to get your diet right, exercise right. You were running half marathons and and so forth. How did you go trying to keep that up once uh, little Lenny came? Did you keep doing exercise and try and put a bit of time back in into yourself and fill up the tank, or it was just completely empty? You didn't have the time. No, completely empty. Didn't have the time. Didn't have the energy. Um, it was. Uh, I held on to my gym membership for probably the first um, eight weeks or so, and then gave it up. I just had the hope that I'd get back in there, but um, I just haven't, and it's. I just couldn't justify. 
saying to Charles, uh, I'm going to be home an hour later or I'm going to leave an hour earlier in the morning to go and do weights um, or I'm going to leave half an hour earlier to go for a jog sort of thing. I couldn't couldn't justify it and couldn't, you know, she, Charles was home all day, every day with Lenny, so it was all hands on deck from my perspective trying to, um, to help out as much as possible. So uh, I've now... You know, try to change things up and, and do things a little bit differently. And in you know, recent weeks, uh, as we've sort of touched on, lady, I've, I've started running at lunchtime um, on the days that I can at work. So um, still trying to, to maintain some sort of fitness, but uh, the dad bod's really crept up on me. Have you uh, have you broke that have you broke that record around Princess Park yet? Uh, you haven't got quite the Chris Judd time yet. You, no, not quite. Not, not quite the Chris Judd time, but uh, it's improving. Every every uh, every run's improving slightly, so I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, and I look, I uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 really hard, isn't it? Because you know, I've always tried to keep myself fit, and I try and always, you know, try and put fuel back in the, in myself. Because you know, the old analogy that uh, you know the Oscar mask falls out of the uh, the airplane to. You know, the the the, uh, the seat that grabbed the uh, Oski mask first for yourself and then put on my child. I, I stumbled around that, but in a strange sort of way, what I was trying to say is, you know, look after other people, and that's you know your children, your wife. You still got to put time back into yourself, and um, yeah, it, it's hard, it's challenging, but you know, if you don't prioritise yourself in amongst all the other stuff that's going on, um, you'll find that you just uh, you're just going around in circles. So if you can, I just again. Giving advice, but if you can try and put a bit of time back into yourself, and you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of workouts out there that you can do at home for 10, 15 minutes, get it done without actually eating into any any family time. Um, that's something that I did just to try and keep you know keep that fitness up, and and not so much for aesthetics. Yeah, okay, that's handy, but more just for your head. You know, obviously mental health become a really big topic in the last couple of weeks, obviously the last couple of years, but yeah, you, know, you obviously do it just to just to feel sane, and you'd find yourself now, mate, that you're sleeping better, um, you start excellent a bit more, you're a bit more, you have a bit more buzz about you, a bit more vitality, you're starting to see things clear, think clearly, make better decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And I found that uh, so there was one day at work where I didn't think I could manage to go for a run because I was, had too much on my plate, but uh, I, I just forced myself to go, and I came back, and I was actually more efficient than what I was prior to going. Um, you know, was able to achieve more than what I probably would have if I hadn't have gone. So it's that mental side of the exercise that I really missed and what I didn't do well was that uh, the home workouts that you sort of touched on, lady. So, um, you know, doing push-ups in ad breaks of TV or, you know, whatever you can sort of find um, to to just do something because, yeah, it's all about that mental health, and all about your mental health and then being able to be in a good frame of mind to take care of your loved ones. Mate, a lot of our, a lot of the blokes listening to this one have an old ad break is. Come on, mate. Two thousand and nineteen. Netflix stand, not a crossing. Well, um, you just fast forward all the ads these days. Or you don't yeah, even have that. That's true, mate. <laughs> that's very true. Very true. No, I'm into I'm onto Netflix, mate. I'm into the Netflix. I'm you know, I'm a simple man. Why do you know that? No, very true, very true. And just just on that, like uh and like you said in terms of having that downtime and being able to recharge and rest. Yeah, it does. It does really diminish, uh, if not eliminate. And um, yeah, I remember. I remember I was trying to watch a movie. I can't remember what it was. It was when Jimmy was born out first. And I honestly think it took me six weeks to watch one movie, um, just because of the interruptions and 
you'd, you'd finally get it, you know, give me to sleep and then you'd fall asleep within three minutes. And so, yeah, it was a running gag. It took me six weeks to watch a, I think it was an 80 minute movie. I can't even remember what it was, to be honest. And to be honest, I couldn't even say what it was about because uh, I stopped and started so many times. But again, it's that um, preparedness just to know that your downtime um, is, it will go backwards and then you, your priorities change, don't they? You really need to um, look at your priorities and, and realise what's um, what's important, what's not, what you need to keep, what you need to delete and all those things. As much as it sounds um, quite suppressive to think that way, um, I've always said that, you know, Discipline is the ultimate freedom. If you're disciplined and organised with your time, you have more of it. You know, if you're disciplined and organised with your with your body, you have more energy to do other things. So, um, prepare that your uh, your time and your downtime will go backwards. But um, see if you can delete a few things from your life, like sitting on the couch looking at your phone, for example. You'd be amazed how often you just flick through your phone, and and then ten minutes later you go, "What the hell was I just doing?" So, little things like that, little tips like that can can make a big difference. You still there, mate? Yes, mate. Yes. Sorry, mate. Yeah. I thought you might have. I thought you might have not lost. I thought you might have went no. in the boardroom and just had one of those <laughs> that you were chasing. No, no, no. I couldn't agree more, mate. It's it's uh, using your time as, as uh, most efficiently as you can and and for the best purpose that you can. And like you said, you know, clicking through Instagram or whatever it is on your phone isn't um, you know, isn't giving back to to anyone or yourself. So um, yeah, it's just using the time to. To look after your family and look after yourself mentally as well. I think uh, I think one thing that's probably important to touch on uh, just quickly before we finish off is you know, the time so socially um, catching up with mates, you know, and and seeing your mates and, and, and talking with your mates is crucial. But that that is something that does get uh, cut in half, if not you know, um, cut, you know quarter, tenth, whatever it might be. And it's one thing you just don't have enough time to do anymore. And um, a bit like you, mate, in terms of, your, you know, you mentioned about exercise. I just couldn't justify you know, going out on a Saturday night with, with you know, a few mates and then getting home at 2am, being hungover the next day. So uh, I just you couldn't justify it. Um, and, you know, if you consistently did do that, obviously that, that word selfish would, would pop up. So I think still having the ability to touch base with your mates, but just know that it's not going to be the way it was before. Um, mate, what have we been talking now? Nearly 25 minutes. So I reckon this is the longest conversation we've had. Shit, I reckon for about nearly 12 months, isn't it? But, um, I reckon, insane. yeah. But we still talk. We try and talk every week, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you're, you're, you're on a train going through a tunnel. I'm at work getting a few bikes having a go at me. Um, yeah, it, it, it is it is challenging. So, um, but just still trying, even though you know, your quality time with your with your mates and um, that social interaction is probably not going to be what it once was. It's still important to uh, uh, to keep it up, even though it's probably at a, a lower level than what it was before. Yeah, absolutely, and especially uh, what I found is, is talking to you and uh, like another couple of, of mates in my circle who've got um, young kids as well, and um, being able to sort of bounce off them and talk to talk to you guys about. Um, you know what's going on, and you know what are you going through, and how are you dealing with it, and, and not not getting advice, but just having that sounding board, um, and that's really been that's been beneficial. But also being able to have an outlet, which is um, 
you know, something different as well because um, being able to, again, comes back to that mental health, being able to have a, a different focus, um, you know, keeps you fresh to help look after yourself and, and your family. I reckon that was one of the reasons I did this podcast, mate, is because uh, you know, the, the mums, and, and geez, they do a bloody good work, you know, we, we get it very, very easy, don't we? But the mums um, typically just create a social network and, and even if they don't have a, a social network, whether it's a new town or, or they're quite shy, they get put in mother's group and they, they catch up and they're encouraged to catch up with fellow mums. And I, and I think with dads, mate, sometimes they can be left behind on that front because they go back to work and, like you said, you're chasing, you're chasing your ass in terms of time and getting things done. The, the one thing that probably goes out that window is that, that connection and talking about, you know, uh, being a dad and talking about the, the rewards and the challenges and everything else in between. So, um, yeah, hence one of the reasons I decided to do this podcast. And it's going to be, you know, I said pretty casual, but as, as we said before, mate, everyone, everyone has a different experience, um, when they have a child or children. But in essence, if we can all sort of, you know, support each other and, and realize that there are some tough times, but, um, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and yeah, there, as I said at the very start, the awards far outweigh the uh, the challenges. Yeah, absolutely. I you know applaud you for uh, taking the initiative for to create this podcast, Wadey. I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's a really good, really good initiative. So well done. Well, we'll see if anyone listens to it first, mate. So don't, <laughs> don't pat me on the back just yet. <laughs> um, just just to finish. Um, What's, what's your plans now, mate? Obviously, Lenny's starting to become a lot more interactive. Um, would you say, well, six and a half, seven months, give or take? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, what, what do you what do you hope for, for for you and him over the next six or twelve months? You know, is, is it something? Is there anything you really want to do with him? Um, is there anything um, in particular, or is it just day by day, just being the best dad you can? Yeah, it's, it's really uh, really day by day waiting. I think um, just trying to be around as much as I can. So. Um, trying to balance, you know, work and, and life, and and trying to be trying to be present. I suppose is, is probably the big thing for me. I, I get quite distracted, uh, or can get quite distracted um, when I'm home and around him. So it's really you know being really mindful and, and being really engaged with what's going on at home, and and that's something that I can you know work on day by day, and um, just ensure that that's what I'm doing consistently, and and just just watching him grow and develop and, um, you know, taking him to the beach for the first time and, you know, getting him over summer, getting him into the water and just those things I'm really looking forward to um, to doing and, and just being being with him and watching him experience the world for the first time and just being, for me, being really present in that moment. So that's something that I'm uh, pretty keen to focus on over the next, yeah, six to 12 months. Oh, that's fantastic, mate. And you have just moved uh, close to the beach, so... I think the listeners are all wondering, how is your dad got young, mate? Are you getting on top of it or...? No, not at all, mate. I'm, I'm struggling. Struggling a little bit, so I might have to be, uh, <clears throat> might have to be wearing rush vests, I think, uh, over summer, you know, seeing a good example of being sun smart for Lennox. Yeah, oh. very good, very good. No, I, can, I, no, I reckon you could, you could go the other way, mate. I reckon you could shoot the uh, board shorts in and just purely go the full budgie smugglers. I reckon that'd be a good look for you. <laughs> might clear the beach if I did that. <laughs> Ah, oh, mate, more room, more room for you guys. Perfect, perfect idea. Uh. <laughs> uh, just, just to finish, mate, it, it's amazing how your, your dialogue and um, your conversation, especially with your with your wife, um, changes. Um, 
you know, Kirsten and I had a, probably a, a 25 minute conversation the other day around Simon Sand uh, getting the axe because it wasn't diverse enough, you know. Like, and, and we didn't just speak for, for two minutes, we spoke about it for 25 minutes. Um, and, and I find myself singing the wiggle songs in my mind at work, and I, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine's always there. So it's amazing yeah. how, you know, your first thought and, and the conversations you have, especially with your wife and your mates and so forth, just change overnight. You know, no longer you're talking about, you know, your favourite beer or, you know, your, your best experience of the races or which, which horse is going to win. It's about, you know, what, what do you reckon is going to happen in the next Thomas the Tank Engine episode <laughs> or what's the next wheel song they're going to bring out? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Found the same. Uh, seeing wheels on the bus in my head uh, while sitting in meetings is, is not the ideal way to concentrate but um, and and then yeah what we found is that we we then look at photos and, and videos of when he when he's asleep when he's he's sleeping in his cot or in his bed we're we're talking about what he did during the day and um, looking back over photos and Charles you know catching me up when I'm at work on what's happened and um, all that sort of stuff so uh, yeah the dialogue definitely changes Good stuff, mate. Uh, now, before we part ways, it's been an absolute pleasure, buddy, as always. Anything else you want to, uh, you want to finish with? Uh, no, I just think um, just just be prepared for the for the listeners. Um, not trying to give advice. As Wadey said before, we're not the only blokes to have gone through this, but um, just be prepared and know that other people are going through it and, and to talk to your mates or talk to, to someone uh, in your network about you know, what you're going through if you're struggling because the mental health side of it is um, is huge. So um, take care of yourself and, and your family. So that's, you know, that's the main thing. Fantastic message, mate. And um, as I've said, uh, this is going to be a weekly podcast. Uh, you can find it on Podbean. I'll share it on social. You can find it on iTunes uh, at Dad's Yarn. And each week I'll just have a chat with a mate of mine or, or someone uh, who's a father who's gone through a similar or very different experience and literally just get a few yeah, a few conversations on the table for people out there to listen to. So nothing ever serious, but like I said at the start, you know, it's, it's good for other dads that potentially may feel alone, uh, realise that they're not alone. Uh, everyone goes through a similar thing in, in, in being a dad. And, you know, the, the great thing about, you know, this podcast is, uh, you know, our, our boys are going to get older and, and there's going to be new challenges and, and new life events and, and new things that are going to um, come to the horizon. So hopefully we can keep doing this for, a, for quite a while, mate. Absolutely. All right, Gregor, you better go back and uh, crunch a few numbers, mate. Thanks, lady. All right, thanks, buddy. See thanks, ya. Mate. Appreciate it. Bye. Hey, bye. And as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the shoes.